0: Radio.
1: The Four Persons Inc. is a federally registered and licensed 501c3 charity Any use of any of our content without our permission is prohibited by law Our purpose is evangelization, education, and social action Please go to our website at the or our blog site at the to make your tax-deductible donation by credit or debit card. You can also send a check to The Four Persons, Inc., P.O. Box 11214, Manassas, Virginia, 20113. To contact us, send us an email at email at the listening to Lisa Marie Nicole's Rocking for God show on the Four Persons Network Lisa is an award-winning Catholic contemporary recording artist her music can be found at lisamarienicole.com her aim is to spread the joy and mission of Christian music and spotlight others who do the same to call into tonight's show the number is 515-602-9655 that number again is 515-602-9655 602-9655. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Lisa.
2: Hi everyone, you're listening to the Rocket for God show. I'm Lisa Marie Nicole. I'm an award-winning Catholic recording artist, songwriter, and this is my show about music and faith. Before I get started, I want to let you know about a Christmas concert that I will be doing on Facebook Live. It's an annual concert I do every year. It's on Saturday, November 16th at 6 p.m. You can send me a friend request at Lisa M. Nicole. Today's psalm is Ephesians 5, 519 addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart. I've got a great show for you tonight. I have my friend Phyllis Again, owner and CEO of Again Universal Promotions and Management LLC, SGU Radio, co-owner and CEO of Major Record Label Distribution, and MRDG Publisher. So... Without further ado, let's talk to Phyllis. You there, Phyllis? Awesome, Lisa. Nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you, too. How you feeling?
3: Oh, I'm feeling great. Thank you. Much good. better. Much better. Good. That's great.
2: I hope you're having a good weekend so far. Oh I, oh, I
3: am. Thank you. And I hope you are, too. I am. It's
2: Weather's changing a little bit, but I guess that's going to happen this time of year right <laughs> I got i expect that right well
3: Texas we're <laughs> cold at night and we're 80 in the day so right now well I'm so in Florida crazy. so I
2: have to stay we're the same <laughs> right. um,
3: yeah exactly we're both on the coast
2: that's right so um before we before we get started let's uh if in, uh, tell us about yourself and your background a little bit for those of that are listening that do not know you God bless you.
3: Thank you. Um, I was raised in a Christian home, you know, taught from very early on, um, you know, religion and the importance of God. And if you want something, you just don't say, I want it. You you pray and you ask God to, you know, provide you with the things that you want and need. And then you work your butt off to get it, you know. So with that being said, I was introduced to country music at the age of 13. My mother was an RN and she, had a, she was a charge nurse RN and she had an RN that worked under that had a 13-year-old daughter who happened to be my best friend who was a singer. So that's how I become introduced to country music. We would go and listen to her sing at the different venues around Houston, Texas at the time, and her mother dated Ray Price's fiddle player, and then I got to meet, you know, people like Ernest Tubb, Killis, Tillis, uh, Waylon Jennings, uh, Willie Nelson, you know, people like that, and then at 17, uh, I met Keith Whitley, who changed my life forever with the music industry, and he's yes. the one that really uh, swayed me towards being involved in music, and I'm so thankful for him every day that he did. Very, very thankful.
2: Yeah, I know. I know you post a lot of things about him, so I see how much he means to you and oh, how much meant always- to you.
3: Yeah, I'll always keep his music and his memory alive. That's something I promised his family, and I intend to do that for the rest of my life. As long as I'm alive, I will do that. That's keep great. A great deal to me, and still does.
2: Um, are you or have you ever been a, a musician or a songwriter or a singer?
3: No, I play the piano. A lot of people don't know that. Wow, <laughs> <I> was, really? <laughs> I was, no, I, don't pl- I haven't played it in years, but I can play. Uh, I started taking lessons at the age of five. My mother, wanted her goal was to have me play in church one day. Uh-huh. And I had a really great uh, piano teacher, Miss Baker. I loved her to death. But then uh, when I was about nine or ten, she had to have um, mm-hmm. breast surgery because she had cancer. And Mm -hmm. she wasn't able to teach after that, but she referred us to another piano teacher. And she was close enough to my house I could ride my bicycle to her house for my lessons. Well, she was really mean. I mean, she would pop you across the knuckles with a wooden (laughs) uh, ruler, you know, if you messed up or something, and just really hateful, you know. And I got to where I didn't want to go see her, and my mother was determined I was going to go and get my lessons with this lady. So my youngest brother, his wife, um, and I were really, really close, and they lived about five blocks from us. So I got to where I was going to my brother's house, and I would give the money for the piano lessons to my sister-in-law, and she was putting it up. And I'd come home, and, you know, it was like I'd been to a lesson, you know, and then I had to practice an hour every morning, an hour every night, and... So then one day I come into a piano lesson and started practicing, and the piano teacher pulls up in our driveway, and I start to the bathroom and lock the door. And so my <laughs> mother she she answers the door and you know she talks to the piano teacher and she te- explains to her I hadn't been to a lesson in over three months, <laughs> you know. And my mother's like, "What? She leaves every day and comes back every time, you know? It, like she's been to the lesson." So she comes to the bathroom and tries to get me out. Well, my dad owned his own business that was behind her house, and he happened to come in during that time, and he told my mother, said, "If she's that distraught that she goes and locks herself in the bathroom, something has to be going on. Just leave yeah. her alone, and you know we'll find out after the teacher leaves." You know. So after she left, my mother asked me, said, "You know." why wouldn't you come out? I said, she's a mean old woman. You know, she she talks real hateful to you. She'll crack you over the knuckles with a wooden uh, ruler and, you know, and then she'll slap you on the arm with it. You know, if you mess a note up or something. And so my dad said, you don't ever have to go back. And I said, I don't plan on it. You know, and my mother said, okay, well, where's all my money? I said, well, it's over at my brother's house. You know, my youngest brother's house, my sister-in-law's got it. So she said, I'm, I'm going to find out. Let's go. So we went over to my brother's house and she asked my sister-in-law, Jeanette said, Has Phyllis been coming over here? Yes. And so she's been hiding her bike behind the the bushes. So if y'all drove by, you would see it. (laughs) Do you have the money for the lessons? And she said, I do. Well, give me the money. And so she gave my mother the money and every penny of it was there, you know, and my mother said, okay, well, I'm not going to make you go back. So that was that. And I can play some. I don't choose to. I mean, I will sit down every once in a while and play a little bit if I'm around the piano, but it's something I don't choose to do. I just, I don't know. She just ruined me on it. You know, that one teacher just ruined it. It was bad. Uh, do you remember
2: tell, it? Do you remember how to play?
3: Yeah, I remember how to play. Yeah, I, I yeah. can remember how to play. It's just something I don't enjoy because she ruined it for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that's why I tell artists if you're going to someone, you know, a teacher that's teaching you how to play guitar or what, piano or whatever. If you're not happy with them and you're not comfortable with them, you know, they're they're strong and rude, find you another teacher because it can literally break you to where you don't want to have anything to do with it, you know. And I'm living experience with that because I didn't want to have anything to do with and I haven't had anything to do with it really since, you know. I probably sat down, you know, 20 times since and played, you know, but it was wow. when I wanted to and there was no pressure on me, you know, to do it.
2: That's a shame because it's such a beautiful piano. was so beautiful. It's so beautiful. I I could play the keyboard a little bit, but I'm not really good at the piano. I'd p- choose to play the guitar, but I know it's beautiful.
3: Yes. Well, then um, my brothers got tired of hearing Amazing Grace because that's a song I <laughs> love, just,
0: and I would play.
3: I would play it over and over for too. a whole hour. My mother's my mother said you have to practice an hour in the morning, an hour in the evening. So it was Uh amazing grace for an hour in the morning and in the evening. And my one brother told, my mother says, make her quit playing that. And she said, she's <laughs> practicing. And I said, make him quit trying to get the parakeet to talk. <laughs>
0: <You know? laughs> I said, when he
3: he quits making the parakeet try to talk, I'll quit playing Amazing Grace. <laughs> you know, And it never happened. So I just kept playing Amazing Grace because I love that song. You know.
2: Yeah, me too. But, you know, it's funny because that's what they teach you how to play. <laughs> when, yeah, it I said that's the first thing I learned how to play, too. <laughs> yeah, I
3: know. Uh, so that's it was funny. funny, you know. My brother was like, "Make her quit," and I said, "Well, when you quit, quit making that stupid parakeet try to talk, I'll quit." <laughs> you know? Until then, I'm going to play Amazing Grace.
0: <laughs>
2: so that's it was funny. hilarious
3: in our house. Yeah, <laughs> that's
2: funny memories. Um, yeah. How I know you spoke a little bit about your uh, background, but how did you wind up getting into the music industry
3: itself? Keith Whitley. Keith Whitley. He he
2: was the one that got you in there.
3: Got you into yes. it. Yes. Keith and I was very, very good friends, and um, I told him, you know, that I felt like I wanted to manage, and he said, you'd be a great manager. He said, you really need to be a manager. He said, but don't, I'm going to tell you now, you can't manage like regular managers do, and I said, what do you mean by that? He said, the heart you have, you cannot manage like a regular manager does. I said, well, I don't get what you're saying. He said, you have a heart for people, you know, and a soft spot for people. He said, most managers, you're just an artist that's bringing money into them, and that's all they care about. He said, you, on the other hand, you're going to be involved if they have a death in their family, if they have a divorce, if they have a baby born, you know, if they get married, you know, going through girlfriend, boyfriend. You're going to be very involved in that. You're going to be personal, hands-on with their their personal life. And he said, that's what I suggest you do. Because Keith Whitley ran his band and his everybody yeah. in his business, promoters, everybody with his family, you know. So I I credit him for teaching me how to manage that way, you know, and he's absolutely right because, you know, something that I, something I never dreamed of, and you probably remember this, it'll be seven years and just a few days that Jason Lee passed away at my home. I never dreamed anything like that. One of my artists would pass away, much less at my home, you know, so Yeah, he Keith prepared me for, he was right, he prepared me for a lot with the music industry, with managing artists. And you do, you go through divorces and breakups and babies being born, you know, and deaths and all financial issues, all kinds of things with artists Mm -hmm. that they face, you know, it's not an easy road being an artist, indie artist nowadays, you know. Mm -hmm. It's not. if If you just turn your head to all that and say, oh, well, that's just an artist that's bringing money into me and that's all I'm concerned about. Mm, I can't do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> My heart won't let me do that. You know, um, that's just me.
2: Well, unfortunately that's how a lot of people are in the industry today. So, but I know you're not like that cause I know you personally. So I know, um, it, well, that's what it, that's my next question is. I I know you personally. I know you have faith in God, but can you tell me how your faith has influenced your life in the music industry? God has.
3: Oh gosh, everything I have. I mean, let's even put the music behind me, you know, and not even talk about music. Everything I've ever wanted in life, everything I've ever achieved in life, has been because of God. I prayed on it asked for it, and I received it, believed, and I received it, you know, and God is very strong with me. Um, he's provided me with things and the tools I needed to get where I needed to be in the music industry, and he's opened doors for me. When I thought doors weren't going to be open, they were closed, just like with my label, you know, the label was actually formed two years uh-huh. ago, the record label was, and my partner and I uh, decided to table it for a while because we'd been trying to get a major rate, uh, distribution deal, and they were wanting an outrageous arm and leg, like $60,000 up front, you know, and there was no way we could afford that, you know. And so we just tabled it till we could get one, you know, be able to get a major distribution, you know. And I prayed on it over that time and everything. And then last February, I had an artist friend of mine from then I met to the Whitley family. I'll give it back to Keith again. Um, met through the Whitley family doing the memorial shows. He's in Nashville. He has a label, and he had Sony Archer Distribution. And uh-huh. he came to me, and he was wanting to get his artists submitted to the Josie Awards uh, show because he knows I'm very active, and he knows that I consult with artists. on doing that every year. So he was like, I've got 11 artists and then my wife and myself. And he said, so, you know, it'd be like 13 people total. Well, you're looking at about $4,000 right there for submission, you because know, some of them were albums and some of them were EPs. You know, a single you could do really fast, and that's like $250 for submission, you know, consulting for submission. But uh, I said, he said, I can't afford that. I said, well, you got to be able to afford it because you paid $60,000 for Sony Orchard, you know. And he said, no, I didn't. I said, well, you had to to get it because that's what everybody's telling me it costs. He said, no, so He said, are you wanting Sony Archer? I said, yes, I've been praying and asking for it. I said, but the door hadn't opened for me worth less than 60000 He said, well, and he's a good Christian man too. And he said, well, the door just opened. He said, I'm going to walk you in, and then it's your responsibility from there to prove yourself that you have something to offer Sony Archer for them to give you a distribution deal. Well, that's what he did. And Uh days later, I had a contract in my hands signed and had the dashboard available to Bruce and myself, my partner. Yep. So God answered that question in his timing. Everything is in his timing, not our timing. You know, it took almost two years, almost two years. that he opened that door and he answered that prayer because I continually prayed for those two years that he would, you know, give me major distribution for Bruce and me to have for the label. To move forward with it And he opened that door for it Through a friend You know mm-hmm. Just so happened That friend was connected To the Whitley family Because of Keith You know So That's great I feel that you know Things are still You know Keith is still watching out Over me Let me say that He, he really is still A watching guardian out angel Yeah Definitely that
2: <laughs> Yeah you And I, I You've been there for me Also Through a lot So I appreciate Everything you've done for me Well
3: you're me welcome You're welcome I'm always uh, here for you You know that
2: I know and you've helped me a lot in the industry to move forward and help myself, and that's a real blessing. Um, you want to talk about your radio station a little bit, SGU the SGU radio. I know you got my songs playing on there, so if you want to talk about it a little bit,
3: oh, definitely, we got your songs playing on there. Um, SGU radio was that's another prayer that was <laughs> I prayed, you know, to be able to have a radio station. But not just any radio station. A radio station that's fully licensed that pays royalties, because that's the only way it's going to help the artist is to, you know, be fully licensed and pay royalties. So that was something I prayed on. And Bruce Jackson, my partner with a label and the um, <clears throat> publishing company, he is co-owner of Blast FM Radio Network. And I talked with him. He said, "Well, we need a station." So I'm going on six years of having my station. And the reason I wanted the station. Was, it's another way to promote my artists, uh-huh. you know, to give them another form of promotion. Then they make some royalties. Royalties don't pay much nowadays with streaming and radio play, and you know that as well as I do. Uh-huh. But So then after, you know, he told me, it's going to be expensive, you're going to have to do some, uh, get some promotional artists on there where they pay for promotion, you know. Uh, he said, because you're not going to be able to afford it if you don't. And he was, he was right. And, you know, in about six months, I started – Selecting a few select artists to be put on the radio station to promote them. You're one of the few, and uh, I'm blessed to have you on uh, there. You know thank that you. that's charged a promotional fee to be on the radio station. Of course, Keith Whitley plays on there, and there's some other mainstream artists that play on there as well that are important to me. You know, uh, in mm-hmm. my life, then. Um, Basically, the others are my artists, you know, or artists that I've worked with over the years or I promote, you know, that come to me for promotional because I not only manage, but I do consultation and then I do promotion. Like I have artists that come to me where they're going to release their songs and I do promotional packages and promote them with that, you know, and everything. So they play on there as well. So it's a, it's in a multi-genre station. So you're going to hear everything from Christian to country. The only thing you won't hear it's wrapped with foul language, and that's how you won't hear on there. And you'll never hear that on there. That's great. I don't think a lot of people will be playing that. <laughs>
2: um, well, since we discussed that, the radio station, and I know your favorite song of mine is Run to the Sun.
3: So, it definitely is, yeah. So
2: we're going to take a short break and play that song, Run to the Sun, and then we'll come back and we'll pick it up again. Okay. Okay, that's right. song uh con- my country song run to the sun i know you like that i one. love that
3: song i love that song and it plays <laughs> on my radio station
2: <laughs> i know it does <laughs> and uh yeah that won a couple of awards so i'm pretty happy about that song um i want to ask you a serious question here um oh no you ever- <laughs> I has not not real serious but you know no, I has there ever been a time in your life when you doubted God and what made you realize how strong your faith was?
3: Yes. It was probably when my son was killed.
2: I knew Um, you were gonna say that. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. I I couldn't imagine why he would you know, why he would take my son. You know, I but the thing is, Lisa after I thought about it, you know, he everything I prayed for, he delivered. Because I always prayed, being a single mom. Once I become a single mom, I always prayed to let for God to let me live to raise my son, so nobody would ever be over him other than me. When my mother divorced my dad, she always told us, "There'll never be another man over you. There never will be another man over you. Your dad is your dad, and I'm your mother, and there'll never be another man over you." And my mother never married till I was. 25 years old. Wow. She lived that promise out. So I always prayed after I become single, you know, to God, to ask him to let me live, to raise my son. So there'd never be anyone else over him. You know, it would just Uh be me over him. And I always said, if I remarried, which I didn't think I would, but if I did remarry, there would never be another man over him, you know, that would, he would have to answer to. So when Terry was, it was a lot when he, you know, was killed because, he was hit by a drunk, drugged driver. And she Damn. wasn't remorseful. She was not remorseful. She didn't go to jail. And it was a long, drawn out battle. She hadn't, uh, they didn't, you know, charge her with a crime or anything, which just blew my mind. Because at the time, I was doing paralegal and private investigation work uh-huh. and had been for 27 years. And I dealt with many, many inmates. in the state of Texas, Oklahoma, and Louisiana. And my focus was mainly on death penalty cases, you know, trying to find something that would overturn their case to get them a new trial, you know, so that they wouldn't be facing the death penalty and ultimately be executed. So I had dealt with inmates that were more remorseful than this lady was wow a woman had ever been she never called the hospital never came to me and said I'm sorry and for me you know if I'd have hit a dog or a cat or a squirrel I'd be you know taking them to the vet you know and trying to (laughs) find the owner yeah you know stuff like that you know but it just blew my mind you know so I questioned God like why did you let you know I've lived my life for you you know uh, I work with alcoholics and drug addicts and I'm a rape counselor you know and I said, why? You know, I try to do everything to give back. Why would you allow this to happen to me? You know, I pr- and then it hit me, you know, well, I prayed and asked him to let me live to raise him. And he answered that. He he let, answered that prayer, you know. And wow. then, of course, he was on life support, and I had to pull him off. I had to make the decision to pull him off life support, and I was praying. And um, it came to me. Phyllis, you know, you've always said he was a gift from God, which he was, you know. And I knew that one day God would want him back. I just never expected it in my time. You know, we're not supposed to bury our children. they are supposed to bury us. That's the way we're yeah. supposed to be, you know. So with that, I found comfort. But the thing is, um, through the ordeal, I ended up, the woman that hit him was Hispanic. And I started hating all Hispanics. I thought they all were horrible. And, you know, uh-huh. so I had to ask God to take that from my heart and this was the second time I'd gone through this with a Hispanic because the man that raped me was a Hispanic and I went through it with him and I literally you know had to ask God to take that hate from my heart and he did and I asked God to forgive me for hating the man that raped me and then finally in the prison system in Texas I went and met him face to face and asked for his forgiveness and he's like what I nearly killed you what are you asking for forgiveness for I said because I hated you and all your race because of what you did to me. And it really blew the guy away. It, it He was he was scared. He didn't know what to say. It literally, he was turned white almost. And the psychiatrist that was in the office with me when I confronted him about it and asked for forgiveness, he said, I don't think he knew what to do. You know, that's what he told me. I said, I didn't think he knew what to do. He, he was blown away by what she said to him, you know. So I had to do the same thing with this woman. I had to ask forgiveness because here I was hating the Hispanic race all over again, you know. And I didn't understand, you know, why, you know, she could just walk with being drunk and, you know, having cocaine in her system and and not get some kind of charge out of it, you know. Like, their car was impounded, and it was her dad's car, actually. It had no tags. The inspection sticker was out. No insurance. She had no driver's license. And they got it out in less than an hour from being impounded. And when I come back, this happened on he, my son was the first fatality of 1989 in Texas July Fourth weekend. So when I come back from the July Fourth weekend from burying him, and went and wanted to just to go look at his motorcycle. They wanted my birth certificate, his birth certificate, my driver's wow. license, his driver's license, my my insurance, his insurance, just to look at the motorcycle, you know. And I'm like, this is crazy, you know. And then, of course, she ran for a couple of years before we found her. And then uh, the judge ordered us to mediation, and we did the mediation. And she told me I did eight hours of mediation and didn't waver or get upset or anything like that. And then the mediator came in and told me that she said that she could pay over a length of time what my son's life was worth, and that was $10,000. At that point, I just slapped the table and said, okay, I'm done. I've done my eight hours of this. I'll see her in court' because my son's life's worth more than ten thousand dollars, of course, so yeah, so then we went to court, and of course, uh, I said, I've done what the judge told me, so we went to court, and I got a judgment against her, uh, and until she pays that, she can't have driver's license, but inspection sticker tags and state it's her insurance you know and the the possibility of her paying that are are very slim, you know, but my attorney told me that it's people like her that wins the lottery or somebody dies and leaves them a big settlement, you know, or insurance policy. So that's why I went ahead yep. and pursued it because I, I was ready to give up on it. You know, he wouldn't let me. And I said, I don't know, understand why you're pushing so hard for me to, because I told him I literally want to drop this case. He said, no, you're not dropping it. I'm not going to let you. And I said, why are you pushing so hard? He said, this same thing happened to my mother and father, and they didn't do anything. And he said, I won't let it happen to you. I will not let it happen to you. So, wow. What year oh, was this? So that's, that was in 1989. Oh, 89.
2: Yeah. yeah. That was a year, a long time ago. A while. Yep. But it, I'm sure it still feels like yesterday. You never get over that. That's uh... No,
3: it's something that you learn to live with. It gets easier, mm-hmm. but it's still hard. It's hard, but it gets easier. And God has used me, you know, used his death to help others. Grieving family, mm-hmm. you know. I work with grieving parents that lose their children, so you know I'm always there for any parent that loses a child. So that has helped me a lot. it being able to do that in his memory, you know.
2: And you have helped, yeah. And I always said, you know, we we as Christians, we have God when things happen in our life that is bad, and we know even we we struggle, and we have God. What do people do that don't have faith? And they don't have. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how they they get through life without having Him to lean on, to pray for, to know that we're going to see our loved ones again someday. You know, I mean, I just don't understand how people. This is why I do what I do, because I try to get people to, you know, oh, that God is there for them and He loves us all and He's there to help us if we just accept Him,
3: you know? Um, That's true.
2: That's true. And And I don't even
3: want to think about what it would be like if I didn't have God in my life when that happened.
0: I I can't even imagine.
3: Because I had to just, I had to just take it and lay it at his feet and say, okay, you've got me. I'm leaving it with you and you've got me. And you know, that's the way it's been. And he's had me the whole time, you know, and like I said, he, he's done some really great things. I've been able to work with some great families that have lost their loved ones. Um, I had lost contact with Terry's best friend who had told me at the funeral, said, I don't want to ever lose contact with you. And we stayed in contact for four or five years. But then I got married again. And, uh, of course, my name changed. You know, it's a hyphenated last name, but my name Mm -hmm. changed. And uh, I moved to a different area, and we lost contact. Well, three years ago, I got a message on Facebook. And I didn't realize it was Jerry, his best friend. And he said are you uh, Phil Salter? And I said, I'm Phil Salter again, you know, because we weren't friends on Facebook, you know. And you Uh have to be cautious because you don't know what what people are after nowadays, you know. Yes. (laughs) So, And then my husband, Dwayne, called. And, I mean, he just kept messaging me and messaging me, you know, like, you need to call me at this number. And I'm like,
0: "Mm,
3: I'm I'm not calling somebody I don't know at a number, you know. And so my husband called, and uh, I was talking to him, and he messaged me a couple times during that and with my husband being in the construction business and being a superintendent, a lot of guys have my phone number or they have my Facebook. And they'll contact me like, hey, does Dwayne have a job going on right now? You know, where is it? Does he need a welder? Does he need a millwright? Does he need a boiler maker? You know, things like that. So I said, do you know a Jerry Thompson? And he's like, no, not that I know of. And I said, well, he's been messaging me all afternoon. He's trying to get me to call him. So I thought it was somebody you'd worked with or something or worked for you. So he messaged me again while I was on the phone with Dwayne, and I looked at the, I saw his picture, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I said, uh, my son's best friend's name was Jerry Thompson. And he said, you better call him. So he hung up, and I called. And Jerry said, I've been looking for you. Mom, he said, I've been looking for you, and I need you more than I ever needed you in my life right now. And I said, what's going on? He said, my mom passed away like two years ago. And he said, I've been looking for you steady and hard, but really, really hard since she passed away. And he said, I showed this, I found you on Facebook. He said, but if you've got this, this other name. I said, that's because I got married. And he said, then I showed your picture to my daughter and I showed her the picture on Facebook and she's that's the same woman. Well, my hair was dark from when he knew me and the picture he had, you know, and then I, now I'm blonde, of course, you know, and he's like, I, I was almost certain it was you, but my daughter confirmed it was you. And so that's when I messaged you. So, the very next weekend was, um, oh my gosh! It was right before it was right before Easter, and he came and saw me and brought a huge bouquet of flowers and he brought me a memory book of pictures of uh. Terry over the years that him and Terry had taken together and then some of Terry and me and him together, and uh, he stayed in constant contact with me since then. So.
0: That's great. That was,
3: that's a prayer. That was a prayer that was answered because I had asked God, you know, where did he, where did Jerry go? You know, please bring him back into my life. And just crazy that his mother had passed away. And he said, "Mom, I need you more than I've ever needed you now." You know, and so now I have him in my life, you know, again, and that fills up a little bit of my heart. You know, yeah. Jason Lee, my musician, he he took a bunch of the emptiness out of my heart where Terry was his son. Uh-huh. But he was like a son to me, you know, and he called me mom. And but I mean, well, everybody, Terry. yeah, nobody can replace Terry, you know. But uh, there's people that definitely, you know, has been like a son or a daughter to me and helped fill that, that void a little bit, you know. Yeah, and God has provided those people, and I'm thankful, just like He provides on Terry's birthday, Christmas, holiday, the days that He was, you know, He passed away. I have people that text, they call, they message, you know. And that's God, you know, letting me know that people remember, you know, and care about them. And that means the world to me that they do that, you know. Yeah.
2: Do you um have you attended church or do you have time to with your schedule?
3: I go at times. Um now I went to church regularly before we moved to Beaumont. We went to a cowboy church in Sherman and I went there regularly. Uh, the last three years, it's just been a hit and miss. But I am of the firm belief you don't have to be in church to be God fearing and love God and God protect you and God, you know, be there for you and you go to heaven. You know, I'm not one that believes that. Uh-huh. I study my Bible at home and you know, I watch some. Uh, I'll watch some uh, church services on television or on the internet. I have friends that are ministers and I'll watch their live feeds or you know, something like that.
0: Okay,
2: um, I know your experience in the music industry. What can you tell What can you tell an upcoming inspiring artist that is just starting out like
3: some tips or advice? The best thing is to stay true to yourself, be careful on who you trust in the music industry there's a lot of snakes and sharks in the industry nowadays, you know, and mm-hmm. get you a good manager early on to guide you and direct you that has knowledge and those people in the industry that can help you and direct you. That's the, that's the best thing I would say, you know, but stay true to yourself and don't, don't forget where you come from and don't forget those that help you get to where you're going.
2: That's good advice. Um, I know Texas is a big country state and music state. Did did you listen to, um, what did you personally listen to when you were growing up outside of your artists? Like what kind of music do you listen to now? Is it still country Country. or you like everything? Uh,
3: now, I listen to all kinds of music. Um, of course, I listen to Keith Whitley every day, I can tell you that. <laughs> of course. He's probably the last, last artist I listen to at night before I go to sleep, you know, is Keith Whitley. Um, I listen to various artists during the day, different genres, you know. I was raised on country music, solid country music and gospel music is what I was raised on. Okay. Uh, but my, you know, my taste has changed and I listen to all genres now, except rap. I'm not into rap that much. Um but yeah, I love basically. I just love music. You know, is the thing. You know.
2: Yeah, well, I guess you have to if you're what you do. What you you know what you do.
3: Yeah, so you know, like this year, um, once again, I, the first year of the red carpet awards show in Holland, I was in a judge again. This year, I'm going to be a judge. So. yeah, I like All genres and all all um uh, different uh, my not nationalities but languages because they get multiple languages, you know, that submit to the award show. And that's very interesting when you uh, judge and you hear the different languages and the music and everything. I really love that. I loved it the first year I did it, and I think I'm really going to love it this year.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, because this is my first year with the red carpet, so I'm looking forward to that also.
3: Well, Um, this is their fifth year, and I've been involved every year, like I said, first year I was a, a judge, this year I'm a judge. Uh, I've won an award every year myself and my artists win every year. So the red carpet's been really good to me, just like the Josie Awards has been really good to me.
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's a great show. Um getting off the subject, I um I know you have uh I know you have a Yorkie and I'm really sorry for the loss of Bascina this year your dog. Oh, thank you. And, yeah, um, I know close. you've had many dogs in your life. Is, is the Yorkshire Terry your favorite breed or, or was, uh, was it just with them? Did you have, you had other breeds?
3: Oh, I've had poodles. I've had Cocker Spaniel. I've had different, different dogs of the years growing up. You know, it's just the Yorkie thing happened by accident. that <laughs> happened by accident. I'm on a board up in Oklahoma, um, for a homecoming event up there It's in the town, little small town where my son's Buried and uh, my mother's Buried there, my in-laws now And I have brothers that are buried there and I have family Up there and I was mm-hmm. up there for For a meeting and One of my cousins, they had this Cute little puppy and it was this a little Furball, you know, and it was so cute and I was Playing with it and I was like, oh how cute You know, and then we had to leave and go over To his sister's house, my cousin's house And we went over there and his Wife, you'd have to understand her, she's very standoffish and don't really uh, communicate with our family that much, don't care to be around them unless she has to be. So when he's the one that we had the meeting at city hall, he's the one who had the key because he worked for the city. So when it was time for us to get ready to go, he told his wife, I need to take you home because he's got to get up to city hall for this meeting. And she's like, no, I'm staying here. Well, we were like, huh? You know, everybody's like, "Huh?" <laughs> you know, what's wrong with Nancy? That she's staying here, you know? And he asked her five or six times, and she said, oh, no, no, just go on. Well, then she really blew everybody's mind, because she said, I'm just going to stay here and hang out with Dwayne. Well, my husband is very reserved. Uh, if he doesn't know you, he's not going to talk a lot to you till he gets comfortable with you. And I was like, how in the world is that going to work out, you know? <laughs> and so we left, and when we came back, here was this little puppy. My little niece, Carly, was holding this puppy, and I was like, oh, so you got Nancy's dog on here. And Dwayne goes, oh, no, that's yours. I'm like, what? He says, yeah, while, you, while we were over at Jimmy's and Nancy's, when you went to the bathroom, I had her call to see if the sister to that puppy was still there. And it was, so we went and got her. So, so he gave her to me. It was like a belated birthday present. I didn't say I wanted the dog. I just thought the puppy was cute, <laughs> you know. But he knows me, and he knows I love animals, you know, mm-hmm. so he knew I would love her. So that's how the Yorkies came about, yeah. And um Yorkies are a different breed. They're, they're totally different than other yeah. dogs. I mean, you know. Uh,
2: they are. My sister they... has Yorkie Pooh, She had Yorkie poo's, the mixes mm-hmm. with the Yorkie Poodles. But yep. I know people that have had the straight up Yorkshire Terriers. They're, I'm more of a big dog breed, but I like all animals. I love all dogs. But that's uh yeah,
3: that's I, I do too. I love animals, period. I've always been a big yeah. animal person and um uh, you know, I just but Brexina, she really she was unique and uh like after we got bling Dwayne was like, I just don't understand. Their personalities are so different. I said they're like kids. Their personalities are different, totally different, you know. And he of course he's never had children so he didn't know, you know. He's Well mm-hmm. I no, but their personalities are so different. One does this and one does that. That's their, their personalities are different, you know. Brextina was real needy. Like, she liked to be touched, help Billy sing all the time, you know. And Bling was like, pet me and let me go do my own thing. You know, y'all don't have to be holding me or petting me all the time, <laughs> you know. But now that has changed since I lost Brextina. Bling has become needy now. She wants to be like in my lap or laying right beside me, you know, and wants to be right with one of us since Sina passed away. And it just slipped on her, you know. The way she her she responds to, you now and everything.
0: Yeah. And the
3: vet said that was her way she's grieving because uh, I had gone to see Dwayne's aunt who's critically ill over Labor holiday Labor weekend holiday. And she started they my cut, his cousin's little girl have some toys and they're little bitty tiny toys that you put together, you know, and stuff and make something bigger. Uh-huh. And she started coughing real bad. So I thought she'd swallow one of those little pieces, you know? So I gave her a piece of bread because it'll catch stuff, you know, if you, if you give them bread and, um, uh, she still coughed, And so then I gave her a drink and she could drink, but she just kept coughing. So I took her into the vet and they said she had pneumonia and they had, she had fluid airlines. They showed it to me. So they put her on the antibiotic and a steroid, And then, uh, Ten days later when she was getting off of it, I took her to our bed at home and when we did the x ray, I said, I want a chest x ray done just to see how much fluid is still in her lungs. When he did, she literally had fluid around her heart and her heart had enlarged since six weeks before before Braxina passed away when they x rayed her and everything when he first she first went to this vet. And he said this is caused from grieving. She's grieving Braxina is what's caused it. And wow. I was like, oh, my goodness. So now she's on like a blood pressure medicine and a diuretic every day, twice a day, and they've got it under control. They've got the fluid off from her heart and everything and out of her lungs. And she's fine. She she didn't get real sick like Christina did, but I'm glad they caught it early with flu, you know. Yeah, that's but great. I'm glad that, they did. If she, if she hadn't been coughing and everything over the day weekend, I took her into a vet. We wouldn't have known, you know.
2: That's good. Yeah, I know. That's one thing we have in common. We both love dogs and animals. Oh yeah. And, um, yeah but... Uh let me skim back on the music subject again. Um, the how many awards have you won? And a lot of you you've uh, you've won a lot of awards, I know.
3: Uh, yeah, I've won a lot. The main ones would be for the red carpet. Uh, the first uh Three years I won Promoter of the Year, and then the fourth year I won a new award that they started called Fair Play, and I was like, "What Fair Play award? What's that award?" And she and Gabby told me said, "It's for playing fair in the music industry," and I was huh. like, "Oh wow!" And I said, "I can't believe I won that." And she said, "Well, why wouldn't your name come up? It was the first name that came up when we were talking about it, you know." And so then uh-huh. this last year which is the fifth year uh, in Holland. I was there for the show, award show in person, and I won um, Most Appreciated and Trustable Company of the Year. So That's that award great. meant a lot to me. And then 2018 and 2021, 2022, I won Manager of the Year with the Josie Awards. So I'm very happy with those awards. Uh, they mean a lot to me. You know, like I said, the two that really mean the most to me, I guess, would be the, the most trustable and respected, you know, uh, and being honest or being honest in the business. Those, yeah, that's that's volume. always great.
2: Yeah, definitely. That's always great to win that. That, that must uh, mean a lot. Um, we're coming towards the end a little bit, so I'm just going to have a couple more questions. Um, do you have a favorite scripture that you live by?
3: Mm, I have a bunch of favorite scriptures um, but that I live by.
2: Well, you know mine is I- Philippians 4.13. I live by that. I have that everywhere. so. <laughs> I was wondering if you had one that you, that you, your favorite. I have a lot,
3: a lot of scriptures that are favorite, um, but that I live by. I try to live by the the Ten Commandments is what I try to live by. Well, you uh,
0: you all
2: should try to live by that, right?
3: Yeah. So, um, to just name one would be really hard to do, um. I love Psalms. Um, Psalms, you know, it's really uh, that is really really something that I live by. Psalms, I love Psalms, um, which that's a whole chapter, not just a not a verse, but a whole chapter. You know, um, <clears throat> so that's what I would have to say. I think uh, I don't have a favorite, but I have many favorites. And I I love whoever dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty. I love that verse. Yeah, that's
2: that nice. Psalms ninety one
3: one. Yeah.
2: I have um yeah, yeah I usually I well I sing the psalms at church, but I have
3: Oh, I knew I, you did, yeah.
2: Yeah, I do the psalms a lot and that's why I pick one. I have all the psalms listed for music in the Bible. And I that's why all of my shows I have one that I pick for each show that I do that I recite before the show. And um right. But yeah, that's uh yeah, I kind of ask everybody that I just interest curious to see what people and- like.
3: I love Hebrews eleven one two. Um, now faith is confidence in what we hope for And assurance what we do not see. Because faith is something we have to believe, but it's something we can't see. You know. No. Nope. We walk by faith, but not by sight. That's right. Absolutely.
2: And um, so I have a Texas question for you. I know what you're going to answer to this, but tacos or burritos? <laughs> <laughs>
3: tacos, of
2: tacos. course, the taco lady. <laughs> I know you. Yeah, are tacos I had somebody
3: message me today. Message me today, and uh, well, in fact, they messaged a label, and they're a friend of mine. And I have responded, and they and they go, "Oh, you're the taco lady." <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> but it's more than tacos. It's taco cake and Keith Whitley, and there's a joke behind that, and yeah. it means a lot. Um, Quite a few years ago, I think you remember Julia Ann Roberts that I managed for quite a while. Um, I told her, I said, "Tacos, cake, and Keith Whitley can fix anything for me. I don't care what it is. I don't care how bad it is or what. Tacos, cake, and Keith Whitley can fix everything." Mm -hmm. And she's like, "Oh my goodness!" And then we started posting stuff like that to each other, and she's like, "And so then it just kind of caught up, kept going and kept going, you know." And people's like, "Oh, that's taco, cake, and Keith Whitley woman," you know. So. That's how that all came about. That's funny. That's uh, It is funny, but it's true. It fixes things for me.
0: <laughs>
2: so where can everyone find your information? Website, Facebook, your radio station info, all that stuff?
3: Oh, yeah. All they have to do is go to www.saltergan.com, and there's links to all of my social media sites, the radio stations, they can listen directly from the website. In fact, and not even have to go to the station uh, site to listen. And also, if you have, you know, a newer car that you can play stream music, to, you can connect the radio station like right through your own radio station in the car.
2: Yeah, that's true. And uh, yeah, because uh, with Bruce, with your your other station that you know you're with Bruce, um, Blast FM which has my yes. music, when I'm playing my music on there also, I know I usually do oh, that, yeah. I stream it, yeah, I stream it through the
3: car to do that also. Yep, So a lot of people don't realize you can do that, but yes, you can. Yeah,
2: yeah you could do that on Spotify too, but sometimes I can't get it off my phone when I get it on there. <laughs> I can't I because I'm like I gotta remove Spotify because it keeps connecting to my phone instead of me, my me connecting with the Bluetooth, so I have a problem sometimes oh. with that. But you know, oh, no. but um, I'm really glad that you came on. I had a, a great time and um, it
3: was a well, great thank you.
2: Great to learn. You know, everybody learns more about you. I didn't really know a lot about you, but I'm just glad that I had you on. So. You know, people can hear a lot about the music industry and a lot about your life, and um, and I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, well, if I any, you having me? No problem. I I knew right away that you were going to be one of the ones I wanted to have on because I you have a lot of experience in the industry and with your faith, so that's perfect for this show. And you know, if anybody wants to know more about Phyllis, um, you she's she's got. Two Facebook pages, right? You have uh, your your business page and your personal oh, I page. Have
3: the, I have have my business, my personal page. I have the label page, which is Major Record Group. Oh yeah, that's group. right. Uh-huh. And then I have also I have the Radio SGU Radio page, and then I have the publishing company page, which is MRDG Publisher. So I'm all over Facebook. You can't miss me. Okay,
2: so I could just put your name in, and you'll come up most likely. Yes So
3: it's Or uh, think can go to com And find all the links To everything Okay Either way
2: So it's been a great It's been a great interview And I really have a good time Interviewing you And I just want to my End with my music prayer Lord thank you For the okay. gift of music A universal language That transcends barriers Help us to use it To glorify your name to find solace during times of distress, and to celebrate your goodness in time of joy, may our hearts always be instruments playing the melody of your love and faithfulness. Amen so this Amen. is so you have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon and uh
0: too.
2: and this this is um this was Phyllis Soltotagon that I had on today, and you could find her. On all over Facebook and social media and on her website also. So everybody have a blessed weekend, and this is Rocker for God with Lisa Marie Nicole. God bless everyone.